everyone, and welcome back to the Kirkenbauer Half an Hour. I am Bill Kirkenbauer. I'm your host. Uh, the next voice you hear is uh, Jason Willett, my engineer slash sidekick slash attorney. Jason? <laughs> H-A-U-F, H-A-F-F-E, boy, you caught me off guard. H-A-F-F-E-N-H-A-U-E-R.com is the place to go to catch up on all, all the episodes and uh, leave us some feedback. May half a minute, you might half a day. A month is much too much, or wouldn't you say? A second is too short, an eon too long. A week is just stupid, and so is this song. Ooh, everybody's got a half an hour. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever. What do you got for us? Well, well it's, it's it's been a little while, but uh, you know I've been going through my through my address book and talking to people that I've uh, known for quite a while and asking them to come on and maybe finding out things about them, even though they're friends sometimes that I didn't know. I'll find out other things about them. And uh, one of the one of the gentlemen, our gentleman guest tonight is is a uh, tonight. Well, it might be daytime. Uh, is a guy I've known. For, for quite a long time I, I really he's one of the people that really make me laugh and he's truly a, a special sort of he's a character he's a character and uh, there's nobody else like him uh, he's the voice of Roger Rabbit listen when I say I do that means I do he's been in all sorts of movies in fact you know they're playing a little short version of uh, Seven Spaces of Kevin Bacon or whatever <laughs> yeah. or whatever that the is the Seven Spaces uh, of Kevin Bacon no, you're absolutely here. right that's it and, and, and that our guest played in a movie where one of my where he kills no I guess he didn't kill her he 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 uh, did her sleep investigation okay. uh, Heather Langenkamp yes. who played a daughter on my my sitcom and this gentleman played in a movie with her and he's just a a very special guy he's he's very intelligent and I always can't stand around to be around him too terribly long because I start feeling really stupid. It's like, radio but, it's uh, like radiation poisoning when you stand too <laughs> Yeah, he's, just, uh, he's very talented. He, he plays instrument. He's just a, a great guy. One of my favorite people. He's here today. Will you welcome Charles Fleischer? All hey, right, yes. Numbers important. I've been teaching my daughter Roman numerals. Complete waste of time. They don't even use them in Rome. <laughs> How much is the shirt? B.I.V.? <laughs> I got a chance for some M&M's? Uh, call my home number. It's, uh, MCI, no, it's Sprint. No, it's, uh, M-C-I-I, uh, M-I-C, oh, just forget about it. Call information. It's, uh, I-V-I-I. Thank you very much for saying I'm intelligent. Do I need to turn the radio down? No, you sound great. <laughs> no, you sound, you turn sound great, Turn the radio Charlie. down, Doreen. <laughs> She's just crazy about that radio. Turn it down, Bill's on. Okay, hi. Hey, Charlie. Hey, you know, the first time I saw you was at the Blah Blah Cafe in Studio City. Do you remember that place? The Blah Blah? Yeah. Uh, I don't recall ever going there. Yeah, you know, there was out there, it was like a coffee shop type of, uh, well, you may not have remembered, but I remember seeing you there. Anyway, the first time I saw your act, I just had never seen anything about it. And if no one's ever seen Charlie uh, and his act, um, I highly recommend it. 
Uh, also, I want to recommend one of my favorite things, and I watch it a couple times a year because it's always entertaining. Uh, Charles has a, a TED Talk that he did on, on, on uh, you can see it on YouTube, and uh, it's not your normal TED Talk, and I'm not going to say anything too much. I don't want to spoil it or anything, but if you get a chance, go on, on YouTube and you, watch you it. You can't Charles spoil it. It's, it's, it's spoil-proof. It's like honey. Yes. 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 Well, it's one of the fun. Was was that kind of intimidating going? Because all those TED Talk people, they're pretty smart. Uh, did you find that to be a hard audience? No, I uh, not not at all. It was great. I did uh, after the first one. I they asked me to come back and do two more. No, TED on a TED audiences are highly supportive. Oh, I know. Are they? Okay, yeah. I just would, well, it depends on your act. I mean, I you know uh, they. Um, Sarah Silverman, who's one of my favorite comedians. Well, she had a bad time. <laughs> uh, she didn't. They weren't really ready for her. Yeah, she didn't. Yeah, she had a little gaff with with them. Yeah. Did you go back and do these other two? Because I've only ever seen that one. There's only one online. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, really? So there's two others. Oh, I would like to have seen them. That was great. So uh, when did, you know? Again, uh, I was looking up some of your. Facts, the Charles facts. Um, but let's go back a little bit further. Were you funny when you were a kid, or did I'm you still start kid, being funny though. later I'm in life? Still a kid, I and uh, I first did stand up when I was nine years old at summer camp. Really? And how'd you do? I killed. Oh, <laughs> naturally, I killed. Uh, no, I did very well. I was doing up uh, some Jonathan Winters bits, and then I had uh, some bits of my own. There's a guy named Tommy Levine who was uh, who looked kind of uh, looked kind of uh, Asian Pacific Rimish, and I had him. Uh, I was a hot dog vendor, and I had him stand up and say, "I have a yen for a hot dog." And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I did. Uh, I did like Maud Fricker. Jonathan Winters was a, a major influence on my on my development. Me too. Me too. I used to get his records at the Army Base uh, uh, Library. You could go. You could go rent them. So, um, but later on, you, you went to college to become a doctor. Uh, well, I never. Became I know, a doctor, but, but but that was I, your that was your path. You well, point, right? I, I knew better, but uh, I really liked <laughs> science. But I knew that I wanted to be an actor, so. Mm. I went to college and, and I went to the Goodman Theater in Chicago after two years of uh, university to pursue that more specifically. Were your parents thrilled? They were very supportive. Really? You know, That's I good. I wanted to be an actor and they said, they did really say, you know, only 3% uh, of actors they are, have jobs. They mm -hmm. say, great, that means out of 100, I'll have two more people to talk to. That's pretty atypical. <laughs> That's pretty atypical that you were so supported in the, in that way. Yeah, and atypical and a topical, typical, but not topical. tropical. Yeah, my parents were extraordinary people. That's good. That's really good. What did your dad do for a living? What? What did what? your dad do for a living? He was in uh, sales, uh, wholesale electrical appliances. Hmm. Oh. Yep. And, and 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 he probably didn't want you going into that. Uh, so. You know, as long as you're good at what you do, I don't. They're like yeah, that's true. Very supportive. Yeah, no, they, they, uh, no. they were, you know, extraordinary people. 
make sure that uh, as long, you know, as long as you have kids and, and you can you can hope that they're happy at doing what they want or have a passion. Now, now you also play instruments. I've been over to your house. You remember you used to have a keyboard. You were yeah. constantly playing on. Um, yeah, are, 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 are I you love still music. I have uh, keyboards and uh, guitars. I invented a thirteen-string guitar. Uh, really? Yeah, no, what, it's harmonica oh. the instrument I can play the best, but I can play. Uh, I taught myself to play music because I thought it would be helpful. And then, remember, not too long after I started playing guitar, I was on a show called uh, with Barbie Benton called Sugar Time. And uh, it was a character called Lightning Jack, and they wanted to play guitar, so I had already learned that, so it worked out. And, of course, you play, a, if anybody's seen your acting, you, know, you play a hell of a harmonica. Oh, my God. A uh, hell of a harmonica. You, I can really play that one. You went up and played with Blues Traveler? What is it like to pull out a harmonica on John fucking Popper? Dude, it's like, you know, it's another player, man. I intimidated by grace and talent. It like, just accentuates your game. Wow. Wow. That's balls. That's balls. Man. Not just harmonica skill, man. Balls would be if you pull out your thing with, you know, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> hey, man, don't go up against the hedgehog, man. Well, I'll so, go up against him, but I'm not going to go down on him. <laughs> so. So, Charlie, let, let's go back to the acting school. Uh, you spent How many years did you spend uh, studying acting? I was at the Gibbon Theater for two and a half years. And when I was there, I started doing stand-up in, uh, in clubs in Chicago. And there weren't stand-up clubs. It was just folk clubs. And uh, after two and a half years, uh, or two years, really, I asked Del Close in Second City, you know, should I stay here, go to California? He said, go to California. And I came out here in 19, 1973. <laughs> Did, now, were you a member of Second City? No, but it was right across the street from the Earl of Old Town, where I used to do stand-up, with John Prine and Stevie Goodman used to play there. And, oh. uh, you know, oh, I rest, rest in peace. after my show sometime and just, you know, watch the people. Rest in peace, John Prine. We just lost him recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a um, and, and you also do artwork. This guy's just like a treasure trove of of, of things that he does. Certainly, uh, you go on his Facebook page. Certainly a polymath, right? That, uh, that I'm passionate about. I do things that that have, in some way, touched my soul. You know, when I saw Salvador Dali paintings and how it affected me, I was like, "Oh man, I want to do that. I want to do that." Or when I heard Hendrix, I said, "Oh man, I want to learn to play guitar." But mm -hmm. Uh, I do uh, a lot of art. Like you can see a lot of my art on uh, on my Instagram. I'm very Instagram related. I post that and quite a bit on my Instagrams. And well, I've seen your art, and it's so intricate and detailed, and 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 it almost looks like like a like a machine drew these. I mean, they're just very intricate. How would you describe your style of art that you do? Well, I have several styles. I have, uh, you know, like a watercolor style or a pen and ink style. Depends on uh, what I'm trying to achieve and what what month it is. Mm. I see I see a lot of Bosch in your work, too. Uh, I wouldn't go to Bosch. No? He's a little, uh, you know, uh, some people see, like, friendly Geiger, but... Uh, mm. 
Bosch, uh, I don't really have like that kind of uh, horror element of, of Bosch. Oh, just very, but, yeah, but like a lot of detail. You can really get lost in it. There's a lot of things to see. Yeah, kind of get that, lost that, in that, it. That's true, a lot of detail, but there mm-hmm. certainly have been other cats who employed right. uh, detail. MC Escher was a, a big mm-hmm. influence as well. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, who makes you laugh, Charlie? Oh, my squirrels. I like squirrels too. <laughs> that's right. I see you feed squirrels on. Uh, on uh, Facebook, I have a squirrel that I feed sometimes. I feed the squirrels funny. and possums. Uh, well, you know, may, uh, in today's world, uh, Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor was uh, the best I ever saw. Uh, uh-huh. um, yeah, you know, you know uh, Jonathan Winters. And uh, yeah. the guy you may have heard of, uh, uh, William Kirkenbauger. You ever heard of him? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me about well, him. Well, thank you, Charlie. Bill, Bill Kirk and Bob. Uh, he changes do, I, do I make you laugh? Mitch, You've never Mitch told me I make you laugh. I, did, I didn't know that you uh, that I make you laugh. Well, I don't like, you know, follow you around, but... <laughs> I'm not, I'm not know, sending you any cards. Funny, you know, I laugh at the funny butts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I like. You were at the comedy store way before me. Um, uh, you know, they call that the golden age of comedy, uh, stand up comedy, the golden age of stand up comedy. And uh, as you look at that in retrospect, that? would you agree with that? No. Well, who no? called that? Oh, well, you know, it was, uh, I don't know if I call it the golden age. It was just, it was the beginning of, uh, of a new age. I mean, it was, like I say, when I was in Chicago, there weren't any comedy clubs. It was just folk clubs. And then, you know, the whole comedy club thing started with uh, the improv and then the comedy store and then sprouting comedy all over womb. America. You know, the comedy shack, the comedy tunnel, the comedy fallopian, the floatables <laughs> Miranda, the laugh shack of my handles, you know. But uh, it was definitely a time where there was a transition. And, and, and you, you worked both places, right? I mean, uh, you worked Comedy Store and you worked the Improv. In that yeah, there were some nights I would do uh, the show in Westwood, the Westwood Comedy Store, then the Improv, and then the Sunset Comedy Store. Wow, that's, that's, that's a lot of shows. I, I know that it was just booming and... Guys used to go, you know, from one place to the other and just, just do shows all the time. Uh, uh, did you, um, have you traveled much in your life, Charlie? Are you well, have you gotten foreign uh, traveling or anything? Traveled much. We're traveling right now. The planet's going 66,000 miles an hour around the sun. You can't even feel it. It's like a Lexus. Yeah, yeah but you always like end up Lexus. in the same place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm not going to brag about my world travels. I'm not like a UN ambassador. Well, I'm not bragging. I'm just going to say it's any any specific parts of the world that titillate you, that you find unusually interesting. You know, wise man once said, don't tell me where you went to college. Tell me where you've been. I would say that going to the wise man, any place I am is where I find interesting. Because you can always oh. find something of interest anywhere. That's that, that's true. I'm, I, I like people. I think everybody's got a story if you sit down and talk to them. And and, exactly. and I've been to some small towns, and there's some weird stuff in small towns. 
small towns, big towns, little blocks, big blocks. It's all the same planet. I'm, you know, it's other planets that interest me. Oh, really? Would you oh, like to go to travel in space? Well, as I said before, we're traveling in space right now. We're just protecting well, I mean, an atmosphere. Uh, getting out of the rotation. Like the, the current parameters of, of space travel. It's, you know, it takes too long to get places. But Bill, we're all uh, passengers on space. If there was possible to go to another planet in a relatively short amount of time, or at least see it or learn about it, I think that'd be pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I can't even get on a so roller coaster anymore. I get sick. So I think well, space travel. There's no need to go on a roller coaster. You end up in the same place you began. It's like what's, that's not really travel. Oh, I can't deal with your level of profundity, Charles. If you talk about the length of my profundity, I may have to get back to the shortcomings <laughs> of your miasma. <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, it's hardly a threat. It's more of a bill. Mm. Uh, what, how, how did you? Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how the Roger Rabbit uh, character came about? Yeah, sure. Uh, Bob Zemeckis was the director, and he'd seen me at the comedy store because uh, his wife at the time was uh, taking an acting class or something, and Jonah Pody was in it. And they went there to see Jonah Pody. Mm. And mm -hmm. he saw me, and then he remembered me and brought me in to do, uh, to do the voice when they were auditioning the Bob Hoskins, Eddie Valiant character. Mm -hmm. And that's right. You'd worked, with, you'd worked with Bob Zemeckis on Back to the Future 2, right? Well, that came after Roger. Was that after? No, that was that after. Was after. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I mean, I know this was at a point in the late '80s where Bob's career was on such a high. He was coming off the Back to the Future success, and they were they were just letting him do, you know, whatever he wanted to, right? I can't he, speak he, to that. Mm. But he's definitely uh, one of the great artist directors and human beings. But at that yeah, but at that point at that point he had an enormous cachet. So that's kind of where. He had he had one of the best quotes. Somebody asked him, uh, "What what's it like being a director?" And he said, "It's like being pecked to death by a thousand ducks." <laughs> I I can uh, relate. I don't people that'll pay for that. Semitka said that. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. I remember that <laughs> being pecked to death by a thousand ducks. And if you've ever directed anything, you can uh, see. Yep. Um, so I also saw that you, you're part of a media company. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? What, what, what exactly does the that's, company do? Uh, that's not even true. I think that was from some TED talk. They they thought of some media company. That's um, but I could lie. Yeah, I'm part of a Holocaust Industries. Sure, go ahead. And we make small tessellators which go inside the ROM code, and uh, it's in most washing machines. <laughs> uh. Charlie, you're, you're such a uh, you work on such a high level. Do, do you have a hard time uh, dealing with the uh, oh, how can we put this? Dumb people in the world. Does that irritate you a lot when you get out running? Do you around? suffer fools gladly? Well, it all depends whether their foolishness impacts me in a way that is meaningful. Sure. Uh, you know, I don't let that bother me when it comes to performance. It's always good to surround yourself with people that like you 
Uh, or, you know, if an audience doesn't speak the same language, they may be real bright, but still it's going to impede your performance. Mm. But then you just go to silly faces. I once had a, an audience that was all uh, Japanese businessmen, and uh, they didn't know what I was saying, so I just made noises and mm. got laughs. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that experience. Mm. It's a Playboy Club in Chicago. There was a, a nuts and bolts convention. They had a bunch of Japanese guys there. And I, uh, one of them fell asleep during the show, and I went over, and he had a camera around his neck, and I went over, and I took it from him, and I took a picture of him, and I gave it back. <laughs> and, then, and then the next night, uh, uh, some of the same guys came back. This is at the Playboy Club. And they said to me, one of them spoke English. He goes, oh, we come back to see you. I said, oh. I said, I said what happened to the guy that was, oh. I said, what happened to the guy that I took the picture of? They went, oh, he, you deeply embarrass Bobby-san. <laughs> And evidently, it was, it's like really humiliating to have somebody take a picture of you when you're sleeping during the show. I don't know. But they said this guy locked himself in a, in a, in a uh, hotel room and wouldn't come out the next yeah. day. Don't you know as a stand-up comic that if you come across an unattended camera, you're supposed to stick it down your pants? Well, That's well, what I've, done, I, that I, I've done that. I was about to mention that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Charlie, way. listen, thank you. I appreciate you giving us your time. I know you're busy doing all sorts of things, and uh, it's always a pleasure to hey, talk Bill, to you. Hey, Bill, you know, I'm not too busy for you. I don't really do these uh, podcasts. I know you, know, you don't. You said you don't do podcasts. Because the iPod, if it was called like the the iPlaster, it would be PlasterCast. But the Fly, the iFly would be called the FlyCast. But they called it the iPod, so it's a podcast. So, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. The way the Dalmatian runs. But my point was merely that uh, you're an old friend, and uh, one of the most important things in life is uh, is the people that you care about, and uh, you're you're a good man, and I'm That's always true. there for you. That is right. Well, thank you, Charlie. I've, I've always appreciated you and your work. Mm. Thank you very much for being a guest on the Kirk and Bauer Half Charlie, Hour. thank you so much. It was an honor. It was an honor, and it's better to be honored than offer, but if you get a better offer, you'll get back honor. Oh, man. God. <laughs> Great way to end it. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks. See you later. Bye. Bye this is the Kirkenbauer Half an Hour to the Second Power with Bill Kirkenbauer and Jason Ouellette. Post-production by Chad Watson. Sponsored by ClearClick and CAD Audio, a Legends of Comedy production.